Hello, and welcome to the RP HealthCast by Rooney Partners. I'm your host, Jeffrey Friedman. As our eyes are turning toward reopening our country and our economy, the debates we're currently having is, how can we do this safely? Wearing a face mask in public is considered essential to reduce coronavirus spread and infection rates. But supply shortages abound, and price gouging is an all-too-common occurrence. Lack of supply availability has forced medical centers around the U.S. to disinfect and reuse masks. Now, that's a practice that was viewed as a violation of CDC regulations before the onset of the coronavirus. But this is where we are today. And how the U.S. was left unprepared with sufficient supplies of masks and other personal protective equipment, that's going to be the subject of public policy investigation in the months to come. We're going to touch upon this a little bit today, but we're going to spend most of our time discussing the science and the race to design a face mask that can actually destroy the coronavirus. With us today is Sue Carlin. Uh, Sue is an award-winning journalist covering the nexus of science, technology, and the arts. Sue, it's nice to have you with us today. Well, it's lovely to be here. Now, your Fast Company article on face mask innovation, it it made for really great reading. Um, If we could start right now, having you describe in broad terms the difference between the masks on the market today and the goal of those seeking to develop better protection. Well, you know, first of all, I just want to say it's funny that you mentioned about like interesting reading, because when I first started this story, I was going to um, I just thought it was going to be just a, a quick quick in and out, easy story. And then it ended up being this deep dive into material science. I had no idea how technical masks could be. So I think that might've been uh, part of the uh, appeal or interest that people had in the story. That's um, a lot more complicated than people realize. But there are a bunch of different kinds of masks on the, um, available. There's the Everyone, you've heard about the N95s. Those are the medical grade, grade non-woven microfiber respirators. And what's special about those is that they are manufactured and tested according to very specific protocols that are determined by the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. And that's a division of the Centers for Disease Control. And um, the other thing that they have are these metal bars that wearers can bend so it conforms to the top edges of their nose bridges and lower cheeks. So it creates a better seal and that's very key to making sure these masks work. Um, Kind of a subset of that is the surgical masks and they're not as effective because they've got fewer layers and they don't don't fit quite as well. Um, And when surgeons wear them in an operating room, it's actually to keep their germs off the patient. Then there are the masks that are designed solely to filter out pollution and odors, like ones with carbon filters that you might wear while jogging or biking. Um, There are masks with antimicrobial properties that will deactivate bacteria and viruses. And those are the ones that I mentioned the story a lot, like ones with copper, silver, or zinc-infused threads or fibers, um, high-tech fabrics treated with antimicrobial chemicals. And then they're finally at the 
bottom of the list are cloth masks that people are just making and that cover your mouth, which are really basically to block large droplets. Again, those are to prevent your dermis from getting out and they're not quite as effective as the other masks, but they're certainly better than nothing. And the DIY aspect, uh, people are getting into. So they're certainly bedazzling and, uh, and going nuts on those. Yeah. But the thing is that you have to be careful. You don't want to put too much uh, stuff on. I mean, I'm all for personalizing masks, uh, but because uh, it's fun. It's part of fashion. But you have to be careful about uh, covering up the, making them less breathable. So while bedazzling would make you look fabulous, I don't know how breathable the masks would be. Right. <laughs> but, but, but you know what? If you're a person who, who wants to die for fashion, go for it. Well, there you go. <laughs> you mentioned before N95 is kind of the holy grail or was the holy grail of face masks. But what's prompting researchers now to take it one step further? Where do we go? How can we protect ourselves more and better? So let me just, if you don't mind, let me just explain what N95s are to give you a baseline. Sure. So N95 is basically a designation. So it means that it filters out 95% of non-oil particles through multiple layers of filters and an electrostatic charge that will draw the virus to the fabric. So basically what you've got is um, the viruses uh, bacteria, viruses are coming through and uh, they'll hit, it, it's, if you can imagine the layers as a series of doors, they'll go through one door and then hit another. So they'll go through the pores of the fabric and then of the, of the fibers and then hit a wall of another and then have to make their way to find another pore. And so you have a lot of, you have a lot of obstacles. There's also the ones that make it through a pore. Um, there are electric, the electrostatic charge, it's like static electricity, is positive. Um, most viruses are negative. So they're just being drawn to the fabric. So it's, it's kind of a, um, it's like a double whammy for the virus. And um, the, the, um, the N portion of the N95 simply means that it's been certified by NIOSH, the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. And um, you might have heard of KN95 or FFP2 masks. You might have heard of those designations. Those also, also filter out 95% of the particulates, but they're according to Chinese or European standards, which are not always equal to U US standards. It depends on their manufacturer. Right. And uh, like the FDA allowed KN95s, five masks, for healthcare workers as an emergency measure for a while. And then they just recently reversed that a few weeks ago for a large number of KN95 masks that didn't pass testing. Um, before I answer your question, I wanted to tell you what the downside of those were, and then I can go into <laughs> answering your question. Absolutely, mind, not at all. Um, the, there are shortcomings to these kinds of masks. So first of all, they are meant to be disposable. The virus can remain active for days on the surface of the mask. So they're really just for one-time use. And now you hear about healthcare workers having to recycle their masks. Um, 
that's not the optimal way that they should be used. These are strange days, so they have no choice. Um, the COVID virus is actually smaller than the filter pores. So the layers and the electrostatic charge can only trap so much. Liquids and humidity, and that includes aerosolized droplets, sneezing, exhaling, all dampen these charges. And over time, they'll render the mask less effective, less effective the more that they're worn. So they're not, you know, they are effective for their intended use. So then the next step are reusable masks that can both filter and destroy viruses. So that includes high-tech fabrics and filters with increased surface area that can block the virus and enhanced with, and, and it also means that um, they might contain enhancements such as uh, virus killing enhancements such as chemicals or materials like copper that can destroy the viruses. Yeah, so, that's that's an interesting yeah. that's an interesting point that you bring up with the copper, and and it probably helps with the electrostatic aspect too. So while copper may be an essential chemical element to the development of a face mask, um, why why does copper help eradicate the virus? Can you explain that a little? Yeah, it's uh, copper. Uh, copper ions are positively charged, and they'll trap bacteria and most viruses, uh, most of which are negatively charged. So then the copper ions will penetrate and destroy the virus's ability to replicate. So you'll end up with kind of fragments of viruses, virus part parts, but they're not, they won't be able to replicate at that point. So they're not infectious anymore. Now, in your story, you wrote about copper may not being the be the full answer. Um, now, you wrote about the story of Jaising Huang. I, I hope I pronounced his name correctly. Jaising mm -hmm. Huang and his vision for a better face mask. Can you talk about that? Sure. Um, so that was actually kind of a sweet story. Um, Jaising is a professor of material science and engineering at Northwestern University. And he's originally from China. So when the outbreak, the early days of the outbreak first happened, um, he was brainstorming with colleagues from back home, what's going on, you know, how should we apply our expertise to mitigate the spread? They started brainstorming and he sent, they compiled all their ideas. They had a paper, they wrote a paper up and they sent the ideas to the National Science Foundation. And he was thinking about future pandemics. He wasn't even thinking about how to solve this one because he felt that the, you know, the horse was out of the barn. But the NSF had a similar idea of how to harness other disciplines to help fight this. And so they ended up putting out a call for non-medical research, you know, putting out grant proposals for non-medical research and because essentially they were kind of on the same wavelength, they just awarded him a grant. So now he's got this $200,000 grant to develop a chemical add-on for traditional masks. So he's trying to figure out what type of chemicals can be put onto 
existing masks. And, um, and the trick for that is what kind of chemicals will destroy the viruses, but won't, like you can't breathe them in. Mm -hmm. And so how do you, how do you have a chemical that won't dissipate and we, where you can breathe it in, but if you breathe it out, it will dissipate. And he said that there are tricks of the trade, um, that this is a, a common problem in material science. But his whole thing was he was, he said that he wanted to motivate his peers and his graduate students that even though they don't work on the front lines, they can still contribute. And so they put all their, their other research aside and they're working on this. And he's got, uh, he has his project and he said a bunch of his grad students have their own projects going under his tutelage. And so they're going into the lab and, and, uh, working on their various projects. There are a lot of researchers around the world who are working on various approaches. Um, Absolutely. Now you wrote about something going on in Israel. Yeah, there actually, so I mean, there are a couple of ones going on in Israel. Um, there's one from Technion University and Technion is like Israel's MIT. And there's a professor there who has a very similar approach to what um, Professor Huang is doing. And his is already, it's just antiseptic, like an antiseptic coated sticker that goes on a mask. And that's already at the testing stage. They're trying it out at one of the hospitals in Israel to see how well it works. Um, there is another, so there's another professor who's a water technology a water research professor at Ben Gurion University, which is another uh, amazing university in Israel. And uh, Israel, as you know, is a desert. There's a huge amount of water research going on. And he had developed a graphene filter for water purification. But now he's trying to see if he can leverage what he learned with that and turn it into a uh, an air filter that can either be used for air purification or to be put into masks. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to see so much product innovation and human creativity. It really is truly inspiring. Sue, thank you so much for sharing your reporting with us today. Oh, you're so welcome. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or future story suggestions, please reach out to us on social media or email us at rphealthcast at rooneyco.com or visit us on our website at rooneypartners.com forward slash rphealthcast. Additionally, if you like what you hear, please follow us, review us, and share us with your friends and colleagues. Thank you, and we hope you enjoyed the RP HealthCast. Cast.